Hello, hello, you're listening, you are listening to, to SRM Student Radio Master on 107.5 FM. Do Radio Maastricht here at 107.5 FM at Banka Studios. 
RTB Maastricht. I'm the host, I'm Marisa, I'm doing media studies and our guest today is... Peter. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, um, today's episode is about uh, your research. Uh, you got um, your PhD going on. Maybe you want to tell the, our audience what it's about. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how to do it in a very short way, but roughly um, it's a study of Dutch whiteness um, and I'm approaching it uh, through cultural heritage, a very particular place called Het Afrika Heis, which is a cultural uh, heritage institution in Amsterdam. And I'm basically, in short terms, uh, studying a little bit about the history of this house um, and trying to understand, uh, well, what is this house today? What has its relationship to South Africa been uh, in the past? And then, of course, I'm trying to study, well, what is the legacy of, of the, the Dutch in South Africa and this very particular relationship that they have or, or had in the past with Afrikaners, descendants of, of Dutch and other uh, Western Europeans. Yeah, in nice. short. Yeah. yeah, in short. That was yeah. a good summary, I think. And how do you say that? Afrikanisch? Afrikanisch. Afrikanisch. Afrikanisch, oh. yes. Because I always saw like Afrikaans, or is that like the Dutch word? So oh, Afrikaans yeah. would refer to the language that we speak. Okay. Mm. So I would, uh, uh, probably with a lot of contestation, uh, I would probably identify also as Afrikaner, but it's a very loaded term. Mm. But then we speak the language Afrikaans, which mm -hmm. is, of course, also derivative of, of Dutch, but uh, has a mix with many other languages. Mm-hmm. But it's its own language or is... Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. since 1924. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Maybe earlier. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Never mind. But no, it is its own language that we can say for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and you also got like an NVO grant for it, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. It was uh, a few months of uh, excruciating pain. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, basically like a competition uh, by the, the Dutch uh, research... Uh, council i suppose you call mm -hmm. them um and yeah it's uh, they they grant uh, 16 uh, phd grants mm -hmm. uh, per year well maybe more or less in other years but for for this year or last year uh, it was 16 uh, people like myself that received a, a grant uh, to do our phd research mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's so that's quite special i mean 16 people is not like that many right it's not that many, yeah. That's oh, really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so I was uh, really, really happy to, mm -hmm. to have, uh, after all the hard work, to have received it. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, there are many other great projects uh, that, that didn't. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a tight competition. Uh, and that's a little bit also the world of uh, academia. Oh, yeah, I yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, and as you already like alluded to, you also grew up uh, in South Africa. We'll also like talk about it more in the next section too. Um, and then maybe one more thing to add for the intro section is that today we got tracks from a DJ called Jazzy Beats. Thank you so much. Maybe Sham, do you want to say something about him? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So massive shout out to Jazzy Beats for letting us use uh, one of his one of his mixes. This one is called "I'm a Piano to the World." And by the way, you can definitely check out our previous episode on with, with Maastricht Goes Vegan, where Jazzy Beats DJs live in the studio. And I guess that's it for the intro section. So yeah, we'll listen to the first track now. See you. Back to some Jazzy Beats.
Welcome back to 107.5 and Student Radio Maastricht at Banka Studios. And we just listened to a track from... Jersey Beats. Thank you so much. This was uh, the track uh, or the mix, I'm a Piano to the World, part one. And yeah, he's also from, from Swaziland, Mespatene, and he's, he's living in the Netherlands now in Maastricht. And yeah, do check out his tracks. And we will say a little bit more about Jersey Beats towards the end of the show. But for now, uh, Marisa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm your host today. I'm a media student. And today we have Peter here to talk about his research. Hello, Peter. Hello again. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, and so now we're getting more into the personal stuff because you grew up in South Africa and your uh, re research is also related to it in a way, even though you're mainly researching about the Südafrika House, right, in Amsterdam. Um, so, yeah, what are like your personal, I guess, experiences or interests relating to like this whiteness topic or like how did you come up with this? Okay, yeah. Um, it, I think it's good that you asked that because it's very integral to me having come up with this, this project idea and also something that guides uh, my research process uh, a lot. So indeed, I was uh, born in, in South Africa in a, yeah, it doesn't matter, but a very small <laughs> town uh, in Mpumalanga. Um, and yeah, I grew up there. I attended uh, university a little bit later on in, 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 uh, at the University of Cape Town. Mm. And so when I was a bachelor student uh, in 2015, I think that was my second year, um, a lot of action uh, erupted. Uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with the Roads Must Fall movement uh, at all. No, actually not, no. So if you look it up, uh, it's really, uh, I think, an interesting thing to learn about. But yeah, it uh, started at the University of Cape Town and it started with the statue that when you enter the, the main steps of the university, it's uh, this old building in a very colonial style. Um, is the statue of Cecil John Rhodes. So I won't go into the history of him mm. uh, right now, but he's a quite a contested figure in, in contemporary South Africa. Long story short, uh, several black students um, had started a, a protest uh, around the statue and f uh, calling for its removal. This uh, kind of had a snowball effect and it became a very, very big movement. So during that time, uh, of course, questions of race uh, about whiteness and white privilege, uh, considering South Africa's colonial and apartheid history, which, of course, I cannot go into too much detail uh, to, tonight. But, uh, yeah, uh, um, many people called for this. And, and, and so during that time, I uh, encountered for one of the first times in my life, I think, this question of, oh, white privilege uh, related, you know, to myself and living in South Africa. And so that time was really, uh, um, yeah, kind of insightful for myself in encountering uh, just how much privilege I hold in the society and how the society was built for people like me and how, uh, yeah, it still caters for me, even in post-apartheid South Africa. So then I kind of started a, a kind of a more of a personal uh, project of really reflecting on these things and starting to do things actively. I started forming part of this movement in, in various ways. Um, yeah, and I think in, in that moment and, and from, from then onwards, it was more a commitment of dismantling white supremacy. In, in a way, which is still very much a thing today, I, I would mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, that's kind of where it stems from. Uh, but yeah, more about how I grew up. I, I don't think I would want to bore you or your 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 listeners. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how I, I came a bit to the project. So of course, I've done many other things too that has built up to this. Um, 
yeah and then of course maybe yeah sorry if i if i can continue no yeah. of course because something came to mind no, no. but yeah then it's just more you know growing up um of course white identity in south africa is not something monolithic uh there are many different types of white so-called white groups uh, that you can think of but probably if you think of apartheid the term afrikaner is, is sometimes synonymous of course because afrikaners were the descendants of dutch and other western europeans um that created this system called apartheid um and so uh yeah i always wondered growing up so where if i'm not from africa even though if I ask my family where we are from, they'll say, well, we are from here, from South Africa. Uh, but of course, based on skin color and what I know about uh, Africa growing up, I thought, what, where am I from mm, then? Yeah. Uh, and so I think from, you know, since I was a teenager and so on, and when I went to university, I always grappled with these questions of, so then what's my relationship to Europe? And then later on, of course, I came here with those questions in mind and mm -hmm. I came to do a master's program. And so, yeah, it's just been, a, not I wouldn't say a lifelong journey, for sure not, uh, but a part of at least since my teenager years of mm -hmm. questioning this uh, relationship to Europe and specifically, I think, the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like a, just like a self-discovery kind of journey in a way too. And, and also like yeah. historical, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and with the aim of, of course, not wanting to, to, to just spend time on myself and the complexities of questions of what is white <laughs> supremacy and privilege. No, uh, I want to try to contribute to something active in, in, in addressing some things from the past and to make more visible what effects do they have in our contemporary societies today, right? And how interconnected they are with so many other forms of power and privilege and oppression. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, yeah that's... Uh, yeah, that's, well, yeah. that's very re relevant. And honestly, like, I don't know a whole lot about it, so it's great that you're here. And uh, the last thing I, like, kind of want to talk about in this section is uh, also you living in the Netherlands. Like, so first you grow up in South Africa, you see those student protests and you're starting to, like, think about those questions in the, and get involved and how like was your experience coming to the Netherlands because you were like wondering like okay like am I now African or uh, I'm like a sort of descendant of the Dutch so am I more Dutch or not like how like, how did that feel for you or what, yeah. how did other Dutch people <laughs> react where they're like oh no you're not Dutch like what are you talking about <laughs> or what was it like yeah so I mean, it's always an interesting thing for me to think of um And of course, uh, since moving to the Netherlands, I somehow had this idea that it would be some kind of, I mean, yeah, maybe it, does, it doesn't sound right to say it, but a kind of homecoming. That somehow um, I would come here and, and it would just feel like I just belong. And it was mm. just like, oh, my ancestors of some sort, right? Yeah. Uh, that was not the case. But what is striking is the fact that I could move here and seamlessly fit in. I melt away in, in the masses, whereas in, 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 in many parts of South Africa, perhaps not. I might be because we are less than 8% of the population as a white uh, people. Um, here, I, I fade away. Um, and even in terms of uh, being able to speak Dutch or being able to learn Dutch faster because I speak Afrikaans, um, I'm able to belong here way more than uh, and I'm more accepted Uh, than many other friends at that time that I, for example, when I came here and I, and I started my, my master's in uh, Utrecht, um, many other friends that were coming from different places in the world and that were perhaps not white, their experiences was vastly different to mine. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I thought, wow, uh, the Netherlands was always positioned as this very progressive, uh, colorblind, uh, tolerant society. And yeah, you can argue and say, yes, of course, there are those components. Uh, but it soon became very clear to me that there is a lot of problems uh, related to not only the colonial history, but of course, current day forms of, of racism uh, in the everyday life and at a structural level. We have mm -hmm. so many examples uh, and I don't even have to bring Swarte Piet up. Yeah, uh, I was also just thinking <laughs> as, about that. <laughs> as a, you know, that's almost the, uh, some would say the most easiest example. Mm, the poster um, boy example yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I think, yeah, then that really became clear for me. So it's always been a very interesting position of being kind of insider, outsider at the same time, because as much culturally, I would say, maybe linguistically, I have some ties to many other Dutch speaking people. Um, and uh, based on what I look like, people would just assume I'm from the Netherlands. Uh, also, yeah, when I speak, they would just think, oh, you have a strange accent when you speak <laughs> Dutch, but okay. Whatever, yeah. you still look like it. <laughs> but somehow culturally, mm -hmm. um, I would say there is a big difference between, you know, how I culturally grew up as an Afrikaner um, as opposed to what Dutch culture, whatever that mm -hmm. means. Of course, it's so different if you go to Groningen and to Maastricht <laughs> and to Amsterdam. It's all very different. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just very interesting insider-outsider perspective and, and kind of observing these things uh, mm -hmm. with kind of growing up in South Africa in mind. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's kind yeah. of like, I think I, I once wrote this sentence in the master's thesis that I always think about. I was saying that I, I kind of came back to the... The, well, South Africa was the point of contact, you know, when the Dutch had colonized the South. And now I came to the originating part Ooh. of where many problems of South Africa originated. Mm. That's how I kind of, uh, yeah, envision it sometimes. Yeah. And many it, other people. It's almost well. like the hobbits, like going to like uh, deeper into the problem zone and yeah. going in the ring where it <laughs> came from. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> But we have to move on. And so we will listen to another track from Jesse Lee. in the Netherlands, notably at the Beach Rave in Den Haag, uh, the Amapiano Beach Rave. He's also a current resident at the Afro Vibes and Amaparty.nl and a, a resident DJ at Pegaito, uh, which is a Latin party group in Maastricht. That being said, I think I'll hand over the microphone now to Marisa, our host. Hello, it's me, Marisa. <laughs> I'm a media culture student here in Maastricht um, and today we got the amazing Peter. Hello. Still here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we are talking about your research, your PhD project about kind of like whiteness and like the relations of like uh, South Africa and the Netherlands within that topic. Mm. And now we come to your kind of case study, right? The Südafrika Hose. So how did yes. you end up there? Um, well, it's not... 
such an exciting story <laughs> but it was it was really a matter of uh, via vi i kind of went to this conference in amsterdam that was on translingualism and belonging uh, looking at uh, south africa and i kind of met people there and i saw some events and then that's how i kind of just i, I mentioned oh, i heard at this event people were talking about headset africa i think at the second day of that conference it was they also hosted uh, a session and so i was intrigued and i thought oh a place called the South Africa house uh, in, in the Netherlands um, and then I became intrigued and I, I went to go visit there um, they also had a, a, a thesis uh, competition uh, for research on South Africa and I had also finished while well, it was COVID and everything and I finished my master's thesis that focused a bit on Afrikaner identity so I submitted it and I got nominated so then I kind of went to the house more Um, and then, yeah, I think, it, so this house is on the Keizersgracht. So it's part of, you know, those little rings uh, of uh, grachten. I don't know what you call them. It's uh, like the canals. water things, right? Yeah. The canals. And so it's a really old part of Amsterdam. And this house, uh, you know, it has its history even in the time of, of the VOC. So really in the, 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 the 1600s. Uh, so it was really used in, in that time. That was kind of one of its purposes. And then over the years, it was owned by quite a wealthy, uh, noble Dutch uh, people over time. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of just to kind of paint a picture. But this house was, uh, yeah, officially became, well, it's, it, it's a bit complicated because it wasn't like the South Africa house, but let's say from 1923. So this year is 100 years wow. of this house being used for uh, things related to South Africa. So various different organizations have worked in there. It's quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are kind of celebrating the 100 years. Um, but that's maybe also important to mention because the, in the celebration of the 100 years, the house is actually starting to ask very critical questions of themselves mm. together with this movement of decolonization currently of cultural heritage, museums, uh, universities, etc., which I'm sure you, you've heard of before. Um, so they're kind of busy with this project. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a mix of, you know, me kind of finding it and then them approaching me a little bit. So we have like a kind of working relationship at this point in time. Um, of course, me as a researcher, more on the outside, um, but them also wanting me to do this research to try to understand themselves better mm -hmm. in their own history uh, to critically, you know, think, so where are they going in the future? Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah. Maybe, well, something came to mind now, but I think the first time I went into the house and I walked around, I remember walking around and just seeing a lot of objects and, and, and you know, paintings and, and things like that related to white South Africa. Hmm. So I had questions, so who is this house for? Yeah. So what does, you know, if, if in contemporary South Africa, we make up 8% of the, the population, we are overly, uh, and Afrikaners would be even a you know a smaller percentage. Um, we have such a presence in this house. So mm. who belongs here, really? It's questions of that. And th these are kind of questions that the house is also uh, sitting with. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in essence, you could say it, it's a house of white belonging. It's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. if you say South Africa, it's not really mm. uh, South Africa. And of course, that is starting to change. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of... Uh, You know, a little bit uh, mm -hmm. about the house. I can say a little bit more if you're yeah. interested about the history. But yeah, kind of my encounters and questions mm -hmm. that I came up with. So yeah. there's like already like a normative implication with just like the South Africa house. But then it's only about the white people there, which are only 8%. I mean, in a way you're like, okay, they're Dutch. So maybe they're more interested in that, which sounds kind of weird. But I also really found that interesting that the first uh, thing, like this seminar was like belonging. And I think that fits so nice uh, when you are like coming to the Netherlands and having like this almost identity crisis. I'm not sure, like at least search. And then you have this belonging lecture and then you find this. And also so cool that now you have this position to be like, okay, yeah, guys, let's talk about it. I think that's really cool. Like, I don't know how how that feels for you. Like, is it is it easy to do this research or also hard like how do you feel about that maybe or to tell these people i mean it's their job and it's mm -hmm. it's been there for 100 years and then you come in you're like i don't know like okay you already <laughs> thought about it guys but still like when i walk in here i only see like mainly 
things from white people like yeah how, yeah. how does that look practically yeah, yeah maybe maybe to, you know clarify what we say white people but more mm. specifically we would call it like boer afrikaners okay. okay let's say afrikaners for mm. now um but yeah I, i i think for me yes it's both difficult i won't say easy but uh i i, I also take something from it personally like i said earlier We're about exploring these questions of belonging, right? Especially today, I think in many societies, uh, we, we, we are faced with questions of who belongs and people saying, I don't feel like I belong here. Mm -hmm. Such a feels very simple. But so how do we how do we create more spaces of belonging? How do we address that? And that's super exciting for me to want to think about because I find it so, so important, mm -hmm. the feeling of belonging in different, yeah. you know, different ways. Um, but yeah, in terms of this house, Uh, and, and, and belonging, of course, uh, you know, questions for me come come to mind as in like, of course, if it wants to, to call itself the South Africa house, um, then we need to ask, you know, the same questions of so who really belongs here and how can we also open this space up for others uh, that perhaps have not been seen as part of the house for the last hundred years or so to open that up and for them to also Uh, find a space or claim a space of belonging mm -hmm. uh, in the house and that yeah that is of course very tricky of course when i'm a white researcher <laughs> uh, and the house uh, you know it's predominantly white dutch people also working and sitting on the board so it's white people addressing mm. the problem of white mm. uh, 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 let's say hegemony or or like um, yeah a bit overrepresentation. Um, so there's a lot of critical questions. These are difficult things to to handle. I mean, can uh, white people solve the problem of white people? Can the master's tools essentially take down the master's house? Um, mm. These are kind of difficult questions uh, reflecting both, uh, you know, myself. Yeah, that's uh, true. But I think important questions we need to ask ourselves mm -hmm. uh, in this uh, process. Yeah, I went way off topic. Now. <laughs> I think it's still very interesting because you kind of have to critique the house and they also want that. But at the same time, you also have to question your own like implications or mm. like is like the overall overarching, I don't know, like thing. Like, as you said, it's still white people again. And, and But I feel like that happens a lot. And mm. maybe it's also hard uh, to, I mean, as you said, you, maybe you have to open up those spaces in order to kind of have that to change that or maybe i mean of course it's Im important but at the same time you still grew up there and and you still have that context so that's yeah. still definitely worth something i think no exactly yeah. i i don't think it's about you know um throwing the baby out with the bathwater. um but i think what's productive and why, why why i'm specifically wanting to look at this house is exactly it tells us a story Uh, you know, it's this house and houses tell stories, mm -hmm. right? They, oh, yeah. they, they, many people live in there. Uh, they, you know, they, they, there's material objects in them. This house happened to have an archive. They have like a library, everything. Um, but essentially this house over this, this time period that I'm looking at, it tells the story of this kind of racial kinship in a way, right? The, the, the idea that the, the, the Dutch had colonized uh, uh, part of South Africa and then somehow they left. Some of them left. Um, but but did, they did, really? they, did they really leave? <laughs> <laughs> Is the, you know, maybe administratively with the VOC. That's also good to, to, to kind of put in there. Of course, it was not the Dutch uh, government at that time that, that, that colonized, but only the, the VOC administration. Um, that's kind of question I'm kind of sitting with is like, so with the Dutch just when the, because the English, of course, they came to colonize South, uh, South Africa and then the Dutch had to leave. So there was mm. a bit of tension there. Uh, yeah, a very also interesting history. Also, I can <laughs> I get very <laughs> worked up about it. But yeah, it's this question of you know us as Afrikaners or Bure. We were also mm -hmm. referred to as Bure. We have like a short question because doesn't Bure mean like farmers? In yeah, Dutch? yeah, yeah. Which okay. is very much the uh, connected to to the the colonial history of you know. So then, how did uh, people that worked for the VOC? Uh, they got given land uh, in the Cape to go farm. And then, mm. you know, it's very oversimplification. Typical colonial kind of process. Yeah. And maybe taking away from the people that originally were there and, and like in, in installing the Dutch people then to Indeed. manage this space. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it was a lot of land, land taken, stolen, you can say, which is, of course, a very, very big topic in South Africa today. But so this identity of farmer had already kind of emerged back then. 
And so, yeah, uh, this house, of course, not for all of it, but it does attest to a little bit of this time when the Dutch had rediscovered these forgotten cousins mm. at the tip of Africa. And so the story kind of tells us a little bit about how did this rediscovery happen and what happened in the last, let's say, 100 years or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe still very shortly, we talked about like kind of the ethical implications and things like that. But uh, I don't know if that can be answered in a short answer or maybe we can also save it up for after the track. But I was just wondering, how do you like practically do this research? What do you actually like do or how do you investigate all those questions that we kind of raised before? Yeah, so by training, I'm an anthropologist. And so we like to hang out in places and uh, you know talk to people and see what's going on so you know i'm spending time in the house to move around the space and to study the space because i'm interested in like how is space made in this house uh, in particular and what does that space do uh, what's power uh, related to space um, and then of course i'm looking at objects in the house where do they come from how are they placed why are they hanging where they are or placed where they are um, and, but then a big chunk of the research is, of course, archival research. So I'll be looking at archival materials in the house. They have a, quite a big collection in other archives uh, around the Netherlands and also in South Africa to kind of bring a transnational approach uh, to that. And then, of course, they, like, together with the, the kind of ethnographic approach or what we do as uh, anthropologists, uh, interviewing. So I'll mm -hmm. also be talking to some people that have been part of it. So practically, that's that's kind of what I'm doing uh, okay. to, to find out all the wonderful things. <laughs> or maybe not a wonderful, but yeah, <laughs> things. <laughs> interesting, let's say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or <yeah>. whatever. <laughs> um, and, and if you look at these archival files, like, are you looking at, I guess, of course, you're looking at the history, but then are you looking for, like, these, uh, like, normative things or like or asking kind of the same questions as with the objects like why was this mentioned who wrote this down or mm. like what are the questions that you have if you look at this archive yeah i mean it can vary uh, but let's say you know i would see that in the archive there was an event that was hosted and they had invited people then i'm gonna ask questions about so who was invited and uh, you know what was the theme of the event um uh, you know, what were the activities or perhaps they had some commemorations or so certain figures. So especially there's this figure like Jan van Riebeek, who was like the commander uh, who is known as like the colonizer of, oh. of, of South Africa, essentially wow. the Dutch uh, colonizer. Um, and there were like, let's say, many moments of commemoration for him here in the Netherlands and both in South Africa, you know, crowds of people would like come together. And what so, kind of crowds? Like now I'm starting uh, to get people. into the anthropology <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, I mostly white people europeans uh, mm. you know would, would come together uh, and celebrate him and i know like in 1952 that commemorated uh, quite a long time because it was in 1652 that the colonization took place but for example there's like archival materials on that and so i'm looking at like so what were the activities how did the people uh, celebrate this figure what was the language used at that time uh, what kind of official people were involved and not so it's a lot of these type of questions so i'm taking that and then more asking broader questions about like so how exactly was this relationship constructed between these two groups uh, in particular and what especially what i'm interested in is uh, what type of imaginaries so there would also be like let's say archival materials of photographs that were mm -hmm. taken in south africa or very interesting project that also came out of the archives there is this um, uh, magic slides lantern slides that people used to project Okay. And these were just like pictures. old school cinema, you could yeah. say. <laughs> and so, you know, there's these images that came from South Africa that was just shown here and for people to say like, oh, you should immigrate to South Africa, to Dutch wow. people mm -hmm. through these organizations that worked in this house. Um, and then I asked, it would ask questions. So what type of imaginaries, you know, of this mm. place of South Africa, this far off land mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, so new that you now need to move to? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what images did that install in the kind of Dutch imaginary of South Africa? Africa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe like to say to our listeners, I don't know if everyone knows what an imaginary is, but that's like a very specific term. I guess it's kind of like a vision or an idea about something. So yeah. then it's like, what uh, 
what kind of ideals like surround this as you said these pictures or like this uh, thing like oh yeah it's so nice there like what what do you mean with that right yeah. that's like they're the imaginary i guess yeah and I, i think the word like stereotype that yeah. also links mm -hmm. a bit to 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 uh, imaginary right so stereotypes of a vast empty land of africa <laughs> you know it's therefore all for free all for free <laughs> for you no one lived there mm. you know uh, of course we know these are all lies uh, yeah. today um, but yeah, indeed. So it, it's a little bit. I'm, I'm I'm more looking at, of course, those imaginaries, but also yeah, social imaginaries in, mm -hmm. in particular. So how do people imagine themselves belonging with another, with one another? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like so this cousin relationship, maybe exactly. that you mentioned. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, interesting. I think we'll save this question maybe up for the next time because it's very interesting. So not next time as next episode, but after the next track from Jazzy Beats. still yeah hello 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 i'm the host marisa um i'm doing media studies we also have beats by jazzy beats which we'll say uh, something about in a bit and we also have peter hello 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 I'm still here still there <laughs> <laughs> um and we are talking about your phd project yes. relating to like uh, south african whiteness and dutch whiteness and more specifically the Z-A-H-A, I guess, or... Uh, South Africa House. South Africa House. The South Africa House. South Africa House. Um, yeah, and so we just, like, talked about what you're doing there. But um, we still... Maybe we can add a bit more about what 
we or what you actually mean uh, with whiteness and uh, like these two different Ooh. types <laughs> yeah tough question and it's a it's a question that i'm 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 currently busy researching myself to to figure out for myself you know, what do i mean when i say that so of course if we we talk about whiteness or anything that you know has this uh, attachment of ness it's about a sense of of something um you know, you can talk about, I don't know, like... Uh, coziness. Coziness. <laughs> so there is a sense of a feeling uh, related to it, perhaps. Uh, but of course, first and foremost, when I'm talking about whiteness, of course, I am talking about race. Uh, and and uh, uh, the, the kind of... Um, the, the term white, of course, of indicating to white people. Um, so that's uh, as simple as that is. But whiteness is, of course, it has been theorized in, in many, many ways from various view viewpoints, from philosophy to sociology, from critical race theory, etc. Um, yeah, uh, whiteness, some, some, some theorists would argue, you know, is, 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 um, is embedded uh, in uh, white supremacy. Um, and then, of course, you need to start looking at, so what is this, the, the idea of race? Where did it come from? We don't have the time for that now. <laughs> um, but of course, it, it, goes, it, it, it goes down to, um, you know, looking at, uh, of course, it doesn't stop there. You can go further in history. But of course, the points of contact in terms of colonization, what did that produce? You know, us, them, the mm -hmm. other and, and us, of course, uh, religion is attached to that and, and, and all of these things. So, of course, yeah, white supremacy. And first, uh, this idea of uh, being white is better than. Mm -hmm. And then, you, you know, you can make an entire list. Usually people use it in the binary of uh, blackness and uh, whiteness and, and, and blackness. So uh, maybe, I don't know if that explains one part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's a, a whole other group of uh, uh, theorists and thinkers that would say, well, whiteness does not necessarily relate to skin color only. Yes, indeed, uh, that's uh, very much so. But when we talk about whiteness, we're also talking about a very particular way of being uh, in the world uh, of knowing, uh, you know, how do we produce knowledge? So we would now and today in, in the universities, we talk about knowledge production. Who are we reading? You know, mm. white scholars, etc. Yes, yeah. So knowledge production is uh, very much, you know, connected to the colonial project uh, historically. Um, yeah, so if, if we think a little bit ab about that, it's uh, structures of uh, knowing uh, what you think about yourself and what you aspire to, perhaps. Um, you have this famous term of the colonization of the mind. So often, you know, whiteness could be associated to that. And some people would say that whiteness is everywhere, that it's global. Mm. That then, in fact, that we are living currently in the age of a globalized uh, 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 whiteness, right? Still a period of a certain kind of form of coloniality. Maybe you know, I'm getting a bit. <laughs> would you say it's like more thing in the Western world, or also like extends all the way to Asia and and all of those? So other I, I would say I'm not going to argue that now, but definitely <laughs> certain people uh, argue that it extends to to almost every corner of the world mm -hmm. uh, in terms of aspirations of what it means to be a modern subject about what it means to you know uh, even be uh, be seen as intelligent uh, it's to aspire to a model of uh, the white man mm -hmm. in, in in many ways of course that is that that discourse has been disrupted a lot and many people are, are rejecting that but many people would argue that the system of whiteness is so worldly um, that, you know, it speaks to the way in terms of like who still has the economic wealth and who runs the world economy uh, still today, mm -hmm. uh, who sets uh, trends in terms of what is beauty, right? Oh, well, yeah. You know, if we think mm -hmm. about fairer skin and all of these things, of course, there's a lot of debates. So I'm not going to say, you know, what is, what is it or is it, what mm -hmm. is it not? But it's just these two strands. Of course, there's a lot more. Um, but I would say these two strands of, mm -hmm. of course, it's related to skin color and how that was produced, the difference of race was produced historically and how it speaks to uh, subordination and uh, domination. But then, of course, there's also the other part, structures of thinking, feeling, oh, yeah. aspiration. Mm -hmm. I'm not maybe doing the best job in summarizing this, but this is just it's to give difficult. an idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can also maybe still talk a bit about this decolonialization. Oh, I can't <laughs> say it. Decolonialization. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the question is, you're doing this and it is relevant now, but maybe you could expand more on that. Why, especially now, and, and why yeah. you do this? Yeah, I find it. I find it a bit difficult to say what I'm doing is to to decolonize the the this place or the history of it. I I don't know. I, I have a lot of difficulty in 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 how that discourse has been taken up, especially in Western Europe. I, I would say um, I don't think you can decolonize something and that's the end of it. Yeah. Decolonization, I think, speaks to various things about, you know, thinking about how are, what does it mean to be in this world? What does it mean to know in this world, uh, for example? And, and what are still old structures of power uh, that still operate uh, across the world? So for me, instead of focusing on decolonization, I, I really like this concept of coloniality. Mm. So simply put... You'd say coloniality is the ongoing forms of power that has survived the direct, uh, uh, well, like let's say that that survived direct colonialism. So let's say when decolonization, physical, uh, physical uh, decolonization took place, so colonizers had left uh, the colonies. Um, coloniality is what has remained, mm -hmm. and so the type of theorists and philosophers that I'm reading. They would argue that we are currently living in 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 the world uh, in a world of coloniality, that in essence in 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 our everyday lives in 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 how the world is structured and how we consume and how we perhaps in this this um, this trap that we, you know we are in 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 thinking uh, that I am really white when we know it's a social construction, yeah. uh, but in fact it's very real. Race yeah. is at the same time, yes, it's a social construction, mm -hmm. but it's very real. We, yeah. we feel those things and we think, we box ourselves. Even when it comes to notions of race, that's one part, but even gender, yeah. uh, 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 that we have just these two categories. And we talk about sexuality, mm -hmm. when we think about how our lives are structured economically, that we have to work, uh, even the notion of working. I mean, maybe it's, all you know, it. all of these things. Uh, uh, and uh, for me, it's a matter of making sense of that. And I want to actually take it seriously to say, okay, if we are really living in this, this, you know, womb of, 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 of uh, coloniality, um, what do we need to think about to break free from this? What do we need to, to do to um, address powers of injust uh, structures of in injustice, uh, power that, uh, that uh, subordinates us in, in, in many ways. You know, these things don't work in one way or the other. Um, so yeah, it's about finding plurality. It's about finding creative counter discourses uh, and, and, and counter actions, you know, about changing the world for the better, you know, mm -hmm. for us as humans, for the planet, mm -hmm. uh, for, <laughs> for many, many things, animals, everything, everything. included. Yeah. Uh, you know, we cannot look at one thing uh, only. So as mm -hmm. much as I'm also talking about whiteness, whiteness is always uh, intersected uh, with gender, with class, with the environment, with, with everything, mm -hmm. essentially. I just see it as all really connected. Holistically. Yeah, so that was my ramble. Uh, for <laughs> You asked on decolonization and I gave a different <laughs> answer. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, hopefully that uh, said, said something or helped to explain something. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it is important to like spread awareness about these uh, topics, first of all. And I think for that, it was very good. Yeah. And also interesting to know what is an anthropologist doing? Uh, we were just like joking about it in the breaks. Like, what are you doing in this house? <laughs> 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 so, yeah. And um, maybe as a last kind of question and segue, um, I mean, you already, we actually also, also like touched upon this question, like what do you hope to achieve with this research and stuff? But I don't know if if there is a summary or something to this. I think it's still very much something that's going on, right? Mm. But maybe, I mean, of course you're a professional, but maybe if you no. had, I mean, <laughs> come on, you have the NBO grant. And the, all right. Very but, professional. Okay, very professional. <laughs> but um, if you had to like... Uh, a person, for example, I'm just a student. Um, how would you say is it like? What is the way for like, not non-anthropologists or just you know, people in general to like uh, become aware of this? How do you how do you like uh, situate yourself in the world that is changing like this? 
if yeah. you had something to say about that. I mean, I think one of the cornerstone things that if you study anthropology uh, that you learn first is this notion of self hyper self reflexivity. Uh, we work with people. Uh, it's messy. Uh, everything unfolds at the same time. Uh, all of these things. But it's about adopting uh, self-reflexivity. About really thinking um, about your actions. How do you relate? How do you carry your body uh, around other people? Sometimes we think that it's about reading a book. And now you have ended racism. <laughs> or now you have done this. Uh, yeah, that's a good way. It's one thing. But... The way we interact with ourselves in the direct world around us is so much in our bodies, right? It's the way that we uh, engage with... Yeah, but it's about how we carry ourselves, you know? Why is it that uh, in, in certain situations you move further away from, from someone in the way that they look because of certain images that were fed to you growing up or whatever? Um, but it's really about your thinking about from an embodied place and from really interrogating yourself, thinking, mm -hmm. um, yeah, why do I have these thoughts and admitting to them, not trying yeah. to, to be ignorant to it, not trying to claim a type of innocence and not trying to, 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 to say, um, you know, it has nothing to do with me, the past or all these problems mm -hmm. in the world. Yes, baby, of course. It doesn't, maybe. <laughs> Bad news, but, but it is. <laughs> it, but we're living in it. Um, mm. And no one's saying that it should be all your problems, but it's about making yourself aware of it and trying to think, you know, what kind of ways can I try to, 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 to change this uh, and improve the situation? Um, there was something else I wanted to say, but I cannot remember right now. Oh. But yeah, I, I would say it's just a matter of, yeah, really thinking about yourself mm -hmm. in all of this and, and starting to enact change in meaningful ways. Mm -hmm. And of course, engage people. Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk. Yeah. That's the always the important way. thing. Yeah. I think that was a very, very nice kind of summary or like ending to our talk. But of course, there's still one thing on our list, and that is Jazzy Beats. Yeah, you said you wanted to go there. Of course, I will be there. So I hope if you are to listen to this, then uh, come talk to me more about uh, <laughs> decoloniality, about whiteness. Uh, I will be there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It is the 20th of October, guys. You can go there, listen to Jazzy Beats and talk about decoloniality if you wish so. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the episode and talking about this very important topic and making it more accessible to us. I hope I hope yeah. I've done so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thanks to you guys. Thank you. Goodbye listeners and have a nice night. Yeah, Full force, you a